Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with Fireside Chat number 245. I won't make any comments because I always, always do, and I don't want to be that predictable. By the way, here's Otto, which is a big deal because Otto, I don't think he was here last week. He had just had some surgery on his leg. He's doing great. He, he insists on walking, and it's fine. And he's lying on the part of his body that had the fur shaved off. So you see Otto and his prime. And I can't believe he's here the whole time, and it's really, really good. All right, everybody, this is a chance to talk to you about what is on my mind and then learn what is on your mind, taking your questions. It's really become a very special thing, the fireside chat. There are people tell me pretty often that they binge watch dozens, even a hundred at a time. I don't blame them. I think there's a lot of rich material here. And that's the intention every week to say things that can touch your life in a positive way. So I usually open up with some thoughts on something, and that will be the case today. The horrible shooting in Chicago, yet another shooting in America. Six people went to celebrate July 4th, America's Independence Day, and were murdered. It's very hard to wrap your mind around such tragedy. Six people who won't go back to their friends and families ever. I mean, I believe in an afterlife, but I'm talking about in this world. It, it's, it's indescribable. My, and and I, I just think of the loved ones, lives turned upside down by, by a, an obviously somewhat crazy young person. So I want to talk about the crazy young person. I have nothing original to say about human suffering, although I would like to talk to you about human suffering one time. I think I probably should. It's, it's a subject that has consumed me my life. It consumes me tremendously to this day. My favorite verse in the Bible, which is the most important book in my life, my favorite verse is, those of you who love God must hate evil. It's a command. The Hebrew has a command form in its verbs. English doesn't. But that's what it says. It's, it's a command. If you love God, you must hate evil. If you don't hate evil, you don't love God. I love that. And I hate evil. As far as I'm concerned, I think uh, he should be executed as, as uh, soon as possible. The gulf between those who believe that no murderer deserves to die and those who believe that some murderers do deserve to die is vaster than the Pacific Ocean. We, tru I, I, we truly don't understand each other. Uh, it is a very interesting observation because I have debated the capital punishment issue often. And... Most people who are against capital punishment, no matter how many people someone has murdered, don't understand us. 
who think that some of these people deserve to die and should be put to death. I remember on CNN, when CNN used to actually have non-leftists on, I was on often, and I was on when there was someone being about to be executed in California, and there was some actor, I don't remember his name, but you could actually see it on YouTube. It, it, it is, it, I think it is there still. And he was doing a vigil at the prison on behalf of the murderer. And I was on with Larry King, the late Larry King, on his show on CNN. And I was, I was defending the notion that this man was being put to death and he's just, with great hatred of me, this actor who was doing this vigil said, you just lick your chops over bloodshed or over death, whatever it was. Like, like I, I'm some sick, some pathological human being because I think that justice demands on occasion that murderers be put to death. And I, I just asked, I'm just curious, why aren't you doing a vigil at the home of, of the, the murdered person? Why are you doing a vigil at the home of the murderer? <laughs> and, and then he really got angry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, I hope he's put to death very soon. And I know it, it sounds mean, and yet it comes from a very kind and, and warm spot in my life because no matter what you hear, if you really look into it as I have, most people whose loved ones are murdered are at greater peace, they're never at perfect peace, at greater peace when the murderer is executed. In, in their gut, they do feel that is what this person deserved. Anyway, so a report, Alex Berenson on Substack put out a tweet that he had seen of someone who said he knew him, played in his band, the murderer's band, and he was known to be a major stoner, a guy who got stoned a lot, on, on marijuana and uh, had, I think I'm quoting almost directly, lost contact with reality. The, the, the usual suspects, guns, race, economics, uh, don't apply here, in my, my opinion. What you have here is a nut. But that doesn't explain anything, really. The, there are many nuts, and almost none go out and murder randomly. So it doesn't explain anything. He was a nut. Not everybody who murders is crazy, and very few crazy people murder people. So it, it doesn't really explain much. It, it is a factor, but it doesn't explain much. But if we have involved here heavy use of marijuana 
at a at a young age as a, in, as a teenager and probably continuing till the, the moment of the shootings uh, I I would say that that is there's a very big probability that it's related to what he did. For the record, and I know I will lose in this regard about half of you because <laughs> I I have raised this on my radio show for all of my career, which is approaching forty years. I can't believe it. I hate marijuana. I've always hated marijuana. I have a, I have a, an intense dislike of it, in case hate wasn't enough. And I, I ra- and I'll tell you why, because I knew, I knew as a kid it tampered with your brain. People acted differently. They might have been mellower. They might have been whatever, but they weren't the, the same, whereas People who, let's say, had a martini or a gin and tonic or scotch on the rocks or you name it, let alone a beer, they acted the same. Unless they were an alcoholic, they, they acted the same. Uh, I, I, never, uh, I never thought that, uh, that marijuana and, and uh, a drink that, in other words, you know, one one portion, so to speak, of, of marijuana versus one portion of liquor, of alcohol, was equivalent. And I used to say to people on my radio show, what would you rather, your, your captain have a martini, the captain of your flight, have a martini or uh, smoke a joint? To me, it's a rhetorical question. I'd much rather have the guy have a martini than smoke a joint. <laughs> what do I care if he has a martini? I'd rather him have none, okay? But that doesn't answer the question. The question is, which would you rather? So answering neither does not answer the question. It's a way of avoiding the question. Even more amazing, though, is this question that I posed from the beginning of my radio career in my 30s, my, my early 30s, and I, I, uh, I asked the question, would you rather your, your teenager smoke, smoke cigarettes? Oh, Otto's a very, uh, very relaxed mood. Why don't we take him in for a few seconds? It's very calming, actually, listening to him snore. So what would you rather, your teenager smoke a cigarette or a joint? Or even, or even five cigarettes? Or whatever number you want to give. And I said, and I had teenagers then. Well, no, I didn't in the beginning. I, I wasn't even married. So it, it's not true to say I had uh, teenagers. But even when I had teenagers, obviously... My whole life, I, I said I would much rather my child smoke uh, any tobacco delivery, cigarette, cigar, pipe, than smoke a joint. And no one agreed with me. It is the literally, in all of my career, it is the only subject that every single caller differed with me. And you have to understand, most of my listeners agree with me on mostly everything. 
in this one instance, no one who called in ever agreed with me. I'm going to try it again. I, ha- I have to do a new test. I, I, I wonder if people's minds have at all been changed. It's, I, I have no idea. But I was adamant about that. And of course, they'll say, yeah, but tobacco kills. Where is marijuana? You know, what's the big deal? And first of all, tobacco doesn't kill. Cigarettes kill. Uh, cigars don't. Uh, I mean, everything can, I mean, water can kill you, people drown. I mean, but cigars and pipes are, 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 not, are not tar delivery systems. They're not even nicotine delivery systems, and nicotine doesn't kill. People smoke cigars for taste. People smoke cigarettes for nicotine. That's why e-cigarettes should not be banned. They're a very, very, very helpful thing to have so that people don't smoke cigarettes. But uh, that's when I coined a phrase of mine, health uber alles, health above all, from the old German saying during the Nazi era of Deutschland uber alles, Germany above all. People worship health. As we saw now, they were prepared to give up all their civil rights in the name of health for nearly two years. They were prepared to ruin their children's lives by no school for no good reason. Sweden kept all its schools up to age 16 open. No kids died, no teachers died. But health, people will sacrifice everything for the name of health. And I realize this from the view of marijuana versus cigarettes. That was what first opened my mind up to the health uber alles, health above all value system that we had inculcated in America and perhaps the whole West. So my, my observation turned out right. Marijuana in, with any degree of frequency is a very serious, and it's, and it's stronger than ever, is very serious, or very serious risk to the brain of a, of a young person. And I, I was right in predicting what would happen with COVID. People hear health and they panic and they give up their rights. They're okay. They sacrifice small businesses. You could go into a Walmart, but you couldn't go into Joe's hardware store. Remember that? That was vile. No school because teachers' unions have contempt for children and parents. I mean, deep contempt. They're really one of the most rotten things in our society, teachers' unions. And the only reason you would not agree to that is if you're related to a teacher. Because any moral compass that is working knows the harm teachers' unions have done for years, but especially the last two years. Not showing up in class because they were afraid of dying. What a, If they really were, then you have hypochondriacs teaching your children, which is not a good thing either. So the, the, the civil liberties that people gave up of speech, of being able to leave their homes, of being able to enter restaurants, of being able to fly in the name of health, and all of which were worthless.
simply worthless. Sweden was the great example to the contrary. But if you say health, people will say, okay, sure. I'd rather my kid have a joint, sure, because tobacco is dangerous. Okay. My, my thoughts on, on, uh, on that issue, which is a very big issue, because in life you have to figure out what is, what is most important to you. And with regard to my own children, I said, this is what I said. So I don't want you to smoke cigarettes and I don't want you to smoke a joint. However, you can't smoke a joint in my house. That's forbidden. Okay. I will come down like Genghis Khan on you if I find you're smoking marijuana. If I found out you're smoking a cigarette, I'll ask you what brand. I'd just be curious. I don't want you to, but uh, let's put it this way. According to the American Lung Association, you have a one in three chance if you smoke cigarettes, I mean big time smoke cigarettes, like a pack a day, you have a one in three chance of dying of lung cancer prematurely. So let's say at 50, that's premature, even 60 is premature. One in three chance. However, the chance that you will affect your brain, and that's, of course, 40 years from now, or 35, 40 years from now, by which time I have a strong feeling that they will, they will be able to cure a lot of people who have the, the most obvious effect, lung cancer. I don't want you to smoke cigarettes, but it, does, it, do, it doesn't ruin my day. Ruins my day if you smoke, smoke marijuana. That's it. That, that, was, that was what my kids uh, were, to were told. And I don't know if I was effective because they may have sneaked in some marijuana. But be that as it may, that was what I told them. Okadoke. Time for the video question. You will see a new arm, ladies and gentlemen. That was not Megan's arm. That was Jeff's arm. Megan is busy getting ready to produce a baby. That's pretty cool. We're all very, very excited for you, Megan, to say the least, because we really love you, and you're, you've been indispensable to the success of the Fireside Chat. I'm very touched that you wanted to name your kid Dennis, and, and I, I, I thought, it's okay, I'm very touched. And for those who don't know that I could say any absurdity with a straight face, I was joking. All right, here we go. We'll tell you the name when the child is born. Okay, question time. Hey, Dennis, my name is Andrea. I am 31 from Westington Beach, New York. Is there any hope that we will ever return to a sense of normalcy? Things are so jaded. You can no longer make fun of things that we used to make fun of all the time. And it's gotten just, it's just terrible. And I... I'm usually really positive and, and like, oh yeah, things will get better. I no longer feel that way and I hate it. Um, and I also would love to know your opinion on self-awareness and I would love to talk to you about that because it is so important and we have a serious lacking of it. Thank you. You're one thoughtful dudette. That is clear. We both have it in a sense worse. My worse is I remember this country when it was free. 
when I was a kid, adults actually believed that you protect children's innocence. Now they believe you rob it because we have fools teaching and bringing up children. At least half our parents and nearly all our teachers are fools. I say this with great sadness, and it certainly was not true when I was a kid. My teachers were not fools. But a generation has been raised to, who are fools in a horrible way, in the sense that damaging children is now called helping children or doing good with children. I remember when you could say anything you wanted, even if it was obnoxious, or you could tell a joke and people laughed because every joke has a victim. That's the, there is no joke without a victim. That, that's the nature of jokes. This was taught to me by, by a comedian. And uh, I, I thought that was brilliant. Every joke has surprise and victim. You may be the victim, the, the one telling the joke, but there is a victim. And you, you laughed. There was a joke just recently told about women, and uh, it was uh, it set off. Well, I wrote a whole column on it. It was so remarkable uh, how women have been weakened by feminism, truly weakened, not strengthened. Women are weaker than at any time in American history, thanks to the left and its feminist uh, manifestation. You, you, you hear a joke. The, the joke was something like all women are bi either either sexually or or, or polar. Right. You, so the, they, these guys are cracking up. They never heard the joke. Of course, it's a funny joke. My wife thought it was hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and it set off m massive commotions of, of misogyny. And, and women hatred and bias and, and, and patriarchy and all, all this. It, it's unbelievable. You know what a weak woman you have to be not to find that funny? Truly weak. So I remember, Andrea, I remember in America where women laughed at jokes about women. Men laughed about jokes about men. Everybody laughed about jokes about themselves or their group. I found, I found a lot of Jewish jokes funny and I'm a Jew. No, a Holocaust joke can't be funny that, that by definition. A lynching joke can't be funny, but a, but a joke about blacks or a joke about Jews or a joke about Italians or, or Puerto Ricans or, or Chinese or, or uh, of course, you got to laugh at it. Of course. Otherwise, you can't make any jokes, which is the world we live in. That's exactly right. You can only joke about white heterosexual male Christians. They're the butt of all jokes now. I remember when Superman was an American. He's no longer an American, Andrea. He gave up his American citizenship. And, and uh, instead, of, instead of his motto, truth, justice, and the American way, it's now truth, justice, and the better way. God forbid we say the American way. So in that sense, it's worse for me than for you. But it's worse for you in this sense that you have a whole lifetime to look forward to with the, the left squelching humor and truth every day more severely and dividing, the, dividing this country. 
99% of this division is coming from the left. Don't, don't let them fool you, and that's what they're trying to do. What is the word for when they tell you uh, the opposite of what you... Gaslight. It's all gaslighting. The, the left is the one that is dividing us by race. <laughs> who, who, who else? We, we on the right believe we don't give a damn about your race. Why is that divisive? <laughs> by definition, it's as undivisive as you can get. So uh, in that sense, uh, you have it worse. So uh, I, I'm not obviously cheering you up. However, I, I, I will tell you, you have to sort of live, and this is a big theme of mine. I've written a book on happiness, which, which I hope you'll read. I don't care if you get a used copy. I'm not trying to sell you a book. Happiness is a serious problem. And one of my chapters is on compartmentalization. You can't be happy if you can't compartmentalize. Parents with a crappy kid have to compartmentalize or the, the crappy kid will ruin their whole life. And, and I tell parents all the time, you cannot be held hostage by your child. Your happiness cannot be held hostage by your child. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a major, major advocate of that belief. So you have to compartmentalize. Yes, things, things look bad, but I'm going to have to put that in a compartment and live as happy a life as I can, despite that fact. That's what I do. And it works. I don't deny for a moment. I can't deny for a moment. I do a three-hour radio show every day. I, I, I write a column every week. I do this fireside chat every week. I have this new podcast with, with this 22-year-old remarkable young woman. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called Dennis and Julie, and I strongly recommend that you, you look it up. It's, uh, you could watch it on YouTube, and you can listen to it uh, anywhere. It's, Den it's called Dennis and Julie Podcast. Uh, and uh, I mean, in other words, I can't avoid the issues of life even if I wanted to. And I don't want to. Which brings me to another point. I don't find pessimism or optimism useful. Because both of them are excuses not to fight. The optimist doesn't fight because, oh, everything will work out fine. Why fight? The pessimist doesn't fight. Everything's going to be crappy. Why should I fight? And I just want everybody to fight. Liberty is not cheap. If liberty, not only not cheap, but liberty is not what people yearn for. People yearn to be taken care of. I've said this often on, on these fireside chats. It's worth saying every week, really. People do not yearn to be free. They yearn to be taken care of. And they will always, always trade in liberty for being taken care of. That is the reason the left wins elections almost all over the world, and it's in Latin America and, and elsewhere, in Europe, Canada, New Zealand, Australia. Here, you vote for us, we'll take care of you. We'll squelch your liberty, like in Canada, which is becoming like Cuba. Canada is truly awful. Truly, it has become an awful country. 
which is almost a joke because you remember there was a time where there was a joke, blame Canada, because nobody had anything against, what can you have against Canada? Right? Nothing. It's like being against air. It's just, there's nothing, there's nothing to oppose. But uh, now, it's, uh, there was a time where if, if you supported the truckers who said, you can't force us to have a vaccine. We're the guys who are shipping all of your goods to the to market so you can eat. And the government un, under the Fidel Castro-like uh, a Trudeau says, oh, if, in that case, if, if you were one of these truckers, you can't have access to your own money in your bank account. You can't use a credit card. That's Soviet-like. And by the way, the Democrats in this country would do the exact same thing. But there's a robust anti-leftist force in America called conservatism, which you don't have in Canada. You have conservatives, but it's not robust. So anyway, optimism and pessimism mean you don't fight. So I don't have optimism or pessimism, and I don't think about it. I just think about what I have to do to save liberty and to save, to save this country. But you, uh, you sound like a, a, a terrific young woman and I, I hope you're married. <laughs> and if not, I have somebody in mind. I don't want to say whom cause he's in the room, but I won't say whom. Okay. By the way, there was another part to her question. What was the, what was the, there was a final edition, which was not, Let's see uh, what that was. About self-awareness. Oh, self-awareness. Oh, my God. You're right. We could have a very long discussion about that. What is that famous thing? Know thyself? Most people don't know themselves. I just debated a rabbi who said people are basically good, which, which proves he doesn't know himself or anybody else. That the belief is so silly, so absurd. The more you know yourself, the more you know you have to fight yourself. And the left has raised a generation where they believe they have to fight America, not themselves. That, that guarantees people will not know themselves. Well, this was important. I hope you agree. Great to be with you. I'm Dennis Prager, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.